Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. We humans tend to like chocolate. As of 2017, the global chocolate market was valued at $103 billion a year and growing. But why? Eating chocolate makes us feel good, but How? Chocolate contains several compounds that have been shown to act on the brain in myriad ways, and most of them induce pleasure. It's also long been believed that chocolate bestows heightened feelings of sexuality upon the eater. Apparently, Aztec ruler Montezuma bought into this. He's said to have drunk goblets full of chocolatel, an unsweetened chocolate drink, to boost his stamina and libido. There's also a widely held belief that chocolate can produce a euphoric feeling akin to a runner's high— Our understanding of euphoria-producing compounds, put together with the modern concept of addiction, has even led some to believe that one can be a chocolate addict. Is that even possible? Can a person become addicted to chocolate? There's actually more than one compound found in chocolate that could potentially make a person high. 
For starters, the most widely used psychoactive drug in the world is found in chocolate, caffeine. It produces a stimulating physiological effect by exciting the central nervous system, which, in turn, increases heart rate and contracts muscles. It's a lot like the fight-or-flight response. Caffeine acts on dopamine and adenosine receptors in the brain, which then release their respective pleasure-producing chemicals. Chocolate also contains a compound that's closely related to the active ingredient in cannabis, a cannabinoid called tetrahydrocannabinol-9. Fatty acids called cannabinoids hit the CB1 and CB2 receptors found most predominantly in the frontal cortex and the parts of the brain responsible for motor function and memory. When cannabinoids hit these receptors, a person starts to feel intoxicated and relaxed as a result. And as if that one-two punch of psychoactive stimulant and depressant wasn't enough, chocolate also packs another surprise. Phenylethylamine is often called the love drug since it releases the same chemicals that are introduced into the human body when love comes to call. The compound produces a similar effect to the one produced by amphetamines and is classified as a hallucinogen. It's also ACEs at releasing the pleasure-producing chemicals dopamine and serotonin. The combination produces an exciting high, much like the one generated by the designer drug Ecstasy. Chocolate has all of the ingredients needed to make it a wonder drug. By all rights, eating a bar of chocolate should send you into orbit. So why isn't this stuff regulated by the FDA? Why aren't chocolate bars sold from locked cabinets behind the pharmacy counter? The truth is, while there are indeed pleasure-inducing and stimulating chemical compounds found in chocolate, the amounts of most of these compounds are relatively small. As a result of the energy drinks, coffee, cigarettes, and yes, chocolate that humans consume these days, our brains have become quite accustomed to the effects of drugs that release pleasure-inducing chemicals. Compounds that act on receptors in the brain that release pleasure-generating neurotransmitters, like dopamine, work in two ways. They either bind to the receptor, causing it to release the neurotransmitters, or they bind to the site to prevent the reabsorption of those neurotransmitters. Either way, there's a lot more of the chemical floating around in your bloodstream. This process is how chocolate, or any other substance for that matter, gets its eater high. It's also why chocolate doesn't have much of an effect on us. As the brain is exposed over and over to a barrage of compounds, the number of receptors available for the compounds to bind to actually decreases, and the ones that remain are less easily triggered. The reason for this reaction to drugs is the body's natural state of seeking equilibrium. In other words, there's only supposed to be so much dopamine or other pleasure-producing chemicals in the body. When hormones are released artificially by the compounds found in chocolate or any other drug, the body seeks balance by shutting down the receptors that release the hormones. As a result, we become desensitized to the effects of these compounds over time. Even if the compounds found in chocolate may be too minute for some of us to get a chocolate happy high, the beloved food can still affect our happiness. The category of self-interest that encompasses our pursuit of happiness, hedonism, definitely includes eating chocolate. We gain feelings of pleasure, comfort, and gratification from it. The act of eating chocolate is hedonistic. When we eat it, we're seeking pleasure and alleviating pain, which are the hallmarks of hedonism. As we've seen, measuring the exact effect of chocolate on our happiness can be difficult. Most people, however, believe that such an effect exists. In fact, one Canadian study examining the link between chocolate and happiness ended with no conclusive results because the control group that received no chocolate ended up raiding the refrigerator where the chocolate used in the study was stored, thus bombing the experiment. 
While scientists have yet to discover what causes the relationship between chocolate and happiness, studies have managed to turn up correlations. One 2007 study surveyed 1,367 respondents, all men in their 70s with similar socioeconomic backgrounds, and asked questions about their health, satisfaction in life, and emotions like happiness and loneliness. They also snuck in a question that asked what kind of candy they preferred. Those who preferred chocolate showed lower frequencies of depression and loneliness and had a more optimistic outlook on life. Even if science never quite figures out what chocolate does to our moods, does it really matter? If eating chocolate makes you happy, go for it. Today's episode was written by Josh Clark and produced by Tyler Klang. Brain Stuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. To hear more from Josh, check out his other shows, Stuff You Should Know and End of the World with Josh Clark. And for more on this and lots of other sweet topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. Plus, for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.